Hey everybody, welcome to the Linux Cast. I'm your host, Matthew Weber. I'm still working on making the audio better, so just bear with me. I'm, like I said before, I'm learning. So uh, today, I'm focusing on two things. One, saying the word um much less. I read that uh, <laughs> that silence is sometimes do you good, but you're not supposed to fill those with filler words, but I use um and but a lot. We'll see how that goes. So today's topic is something that I think a lot of Linux enthusiasts ask themselves about while they're being enthusiastic about Linux, and that question is, um, uh, how can you go about making Linux, how, how would Linux go about becoming mainstream? So when I talk about mainstream, you can look at it on two different angles. One, just every day, like everyone knows what Linux is, um, or that they have the same kind of numbers as Windows or Mac OS. I think the second way of looking at it is much less likely than uh, the first one, but we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, so when, you when you're you know, talking about a controversial topic, I don't even know if this is really a controversial topic, but something that can be debated, you uh, always look at the other side. And I decided to look at the other side of the argument first, instead of going into the answering the actual question. So the question I wanted to ask first was, uh, do we really want Linux to go mainstream? I mean, there's a lot of reasons why we don't want everyone in the world to use Linux. Um, the, I mean, one of the, I guess the biggest arguments is more users means more attention, which means less security. In many ways, Linux is secure because of obscurity, right? So if it had as big of a user base as Windows does, more malware and viruses and stuff would be developed for Linux, therefore making it less secure, and we may have to end up using you know, malware detection and virus protection and McAfee. Oh, God, the horror. <laughs> I will never, trust me, my friends, I will never put McAfee on my Linux machine. I would just stop using computers if that, you know, end up having to happen. So, that's the biggest reason why we wouldn't necessarily want to go mainstream is because of that attention and security. But on the other hand, and this kind of gets into the ask, answering the question of uh, why we would want it to go mainstream, you would get more attention uh, from proprietary software vendors like Adobe, so it could make Linux better in that way. Um, also, more people interested in FOSS would mean more FOSS software. So those are kind of counterpoints to the whole more users is bad thing. So I guess the question is, does that mean we want or think Linux should win? Um, first off, society's obsession with something with things needing to win is kind of horrible. Like we. Windows has won if it was a competition. Windows has won. That's just the end of the story. It's, there's no way Linux could win uh, or overtake Windows. It's just never, ever going to happen. But that doesn't mean that more Linux users isn't something we should strive for. A solid third place showing would be a victory. So... Um, 
we really want to aim for the first thing I was talking about is that everybody should know what Linux is, why Linux is good, uh, and the uh, there's a portion of the Linux community that um, thinks that if you don't use Linux, you don't support open source software, which is nonsense. You can use Windows and still enjoy using open source software. So you like you could use LibreOffice instead of Microsoft Word, but still use Windows. Um, you could you could do um, I mean there's tons of open source software projects that work on Windows. Uh, Krita is just you know one of them. Um, uh, Bitwarden has their password manager on every platform ever. So there are um, you know lots of ways you can support the open source community without using Linux. So promoting Linux doesn't necessarily have to be just promoting Linux can also be just promoting open source software. One kind of promotes the other. So if you start using open source software, you might get interested in using Linux. If you use Linux, you're probably going to be interested in using open source software. So um, it's a really good idea to keep in mind that you don't have to use Linux to support open source. And that's uh, really interesting, uh, an interesting discussion to have um, because a lot of people focus on using Linux, right? So, excuse me. So let's get into the main part. So, what does it, what would Linux have to do to become mainstream? And there's a lot of different little things, but I think the biggest thing, and this is just me, Linux in order to become mainstream has to be easier to install. So let's take Windows for example. If you want to install Windows on a computer that already has an operating system on it or already has Windows on it, say you're upgrading from Windows 7 to Windows 10, you download the Windows 10 installation wizard or whatever, and you go through the process. You don't have to burn an ISO. You don't have to get your uh, a USB stick out and worry that it's the right size or anything like that. You don't have to boot into the boot menu uh, or worry about UEFI or... Um, you know, legacy BIOS or any of that nonsense you do with Lin with Linux, it just walks you through it. It, it reboots in, into the installer and bam, you're installing Windows. Now, it's a little bit... There are situations where you have to install Windows via a USB key. Um, but it's still not as complicated as Linux sometimes can get because, like you said, if you're installing Windows, or excuse me, if you're installing Linux, you have to worry about, you know, are you using legacy BIOS? Are you using UEFI? Have you formatted your 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 partitions or your hard drive in, a, in the right boot mode? Or um, it, do you have a USB key that will hold, hold the appropriate size of the ISO if you even know how to burn an ISO? Um, until Linux gets past the whole... ISO stage, it's just never going to become quote-unquote mainstream. Now, maybe that's not a big deal. Maybe Linux is never going to be uh, viable for, like, my mother to install. I mean, my mom... I, I go up to my mom and say, Hey, Mom, burn an ISO. She's like, What the fuck's an ISO? <laughs> and she wouldn't have a clue. She doesn't even know what a USB key is. I mean, I don't think. Like, I would be surprised if she knew. So... Linux, for technologically savvy people, is easy to install. For the normal everyday person, 
Linux is not easy to install. And, I mean, j just the ISO part confuses things. And then, like I said, legacy BIOS and UF UEFI uh, complicates things and partitioning. And, I mean, even if you just stick with the easiest distro to install, which is probably Ubuntu or Ubuntu-based distros, you know, you're still going to run into issues where you have to... <laughs> Well, what if you end up having to have had something on your computer before and for whatever reason Calamari's or the Ubuntu installer won't partition your drive, so you have to, how, what would you do next? Well, the dedicated Linux person would know, well, you open up Gparted or something like that and manually format the drives and then you can try to install it again, but normal people don't know how to do that. They'd have to Google it or um, learn how to do it through manuals or wikis or whatever. And that's not something that, you know, is a great user experience. Now, I'm not saying that Windows is fantastic and that thing things go wrong with Windows installations all the time. Um, and people can just nuke and pave. And uh, One of the things that Windows does way better than Linux is having the ability to restore to certain points. Um, I, I know that Linux is working on, transit, at least Ubuntu is putting in ZSA, or... Z, that's not ZSH. What's that? Well, I'm, I'm totally drawing a blank, of course. But they're, they're working on a different file system. Starts with a Z. <sighs> My old timer is is falling in. Um, anyways, so that, that it's easier to create uh, restore points, and that's something that Windows does way better. If your computer goes bad, you just go into the settings, and you can easily reset to a point where your computer worked, or you can do a a nuke and pave without having to download anything because your 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 reset media or whatever is already on your computer and they can just go ahead and re you know reinstall everything just from the factory. It's very easy. That's something that Linux can't do. You have to again you have to have an ISO on a USB key, you know, and know how to get into it and then install it and all that stuff. And that's not something that everybody knows how to do. Okay. So something that could um kind of dilute the problem of how hard it is to install Linux is that it, Linux could become more prevalent on vendor PCs. So like Dell, Lenovo, uh, System76, uh, Pinebook, and all those uh, boutique, I guess you call them laptop vendors, um, having computers that are in stores that have Linux on them. Like you, so, well, no Linux has made it. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> well, no Linux has gone mainstream when you can go into Best Buy and buy a Linux machine, just like you can do a Windows or a Mac. And right now you can't. You can go to Dell and buy them online, or you can buy it from System76, or you know, Lenovo has some Fedora ones and so on. But when you can go in Best Buy or on Amazon and buy a Linux machine, then Linux has gone mainstream. And until the time, the time that Linux becomes more prevalent on vendor B, vendor PCs, uh, we'll still have some problems. So, another thing, once we're going to talk about marketing here in a little bit, but one of the things that prevent more technologically savvy people from trying Linux, they might be interested in and know how to get through the installation and all that stuff, but what keeps holds them back is the lack of software equivalents. So, like. Uh, the big ones are obviously Adobe, uh, like uh, Creative Cloud, and Microsoft Office. 
Um, even Office isn't as big of a deal because there are, all, are open source alternatives that are really good. Like LibreOffice is really good. There's just quite a few Office suites that are, you know, very similar to Word and can you know, very easily use Word formats and everything. The Adobe equivalents aren't nearly as good. Um, I'm sorry, they just not. I mean, I love. I I'm using Audacity right now to record this, and it's for an open source software. The developers have done a wonderful job. I just I love it, but it doesn't come close to Audition. It just it just doesn't, and it looks like it's from the 19 early 1990s. Unless you you know you like theme it, and we're gonna talk about that in a, in a few minutes too. But um. Same thing with the video editing. Caden Live is probably the best thing out there, open source for video editing. It's not Premiere. It's just not. Um, and, and until we can have true software equivalents on Linux, or the ability to run actual versions of Creative Cloud and Office on Linux easily, Linux isn't going to go mainstream because people are too reliant on those specific software products to even consider it. So here's another big one. Linux would have to become less fractured. Now, I'm one of those guys, I love choice a lot because I like changing things. I like to switch distros. I like to distro hop. I like to window manager hop like I was talking about last week. I like to choose try new desktop environments when there's a new one or, um, you know, whatever. And that's great for me, but for everyday people who are just switching to Linux, too much choice is a bad thing, and because it's confusing them. So, do you when you if you say you don't know anything about Linux and you're interested in trying, where do you go? Do you try Ubuntu? Do you try Mint? Do you try Solus? Do you try Arch? Do you try Manjaro? Do you try Fedora? What? what <laughs> there's just so many distros and. Uh, I, once you get past the distros, there's the package managers that you have to learn. There's different desktop environments that you have to choose. You know, there's GNOME and KDE and Mate and, you know, XFCE. And then there's the whole window manager thing. And what's a window manager? And do I need a window manager? And it's just, it can be so confusing to somebody who just does not know about Linux at all. And doesn't have the ambition or the um, passion to go through and actually learn about the things. That's one of the things that Linux requires. Right now, Linux requires you to want to go out and learn about Linux and everything that surrounds about it. And most people who use a computer just want to sit down at their computer and use their computer. They don't have the interest of learning how, you know, Bash works or how to install things using Pac-Man, or how to find a certain PPA so you can install pCloud, you know, whatever, you know. They just don't have that interest in it. They just want to sit down. They want to uh, download their apps from an app store. They want their apps to be there, and they want them to work the way they need to work and pin the, all their documents to the the desktop. You know, they get they would get into... Uh, you know, Ubuntu or whatever, and realize that you have to have an extension in order to put icons on the desktop, and and people would just leave, because, like, my mother puts everything on the desktop. She doesn't even know that there's folders other places. I mean, I mean, she does now, but she didn't used to when she, when we first got her on a computer. 
you know, so that's that's a legitimate concern. So uh, fra fractured the just the so many choices. Now, I don't I really don't want to say I want the choices to go away. I just think that there it, there needs to be a consensus amongst Linux evangelists what distro they should point noobs to. Um, and we need to boycott Brian Lunduk. <laughs> just saying, he knows a lot about Linux, but he's in black and white. Until that man gets his color back, he should not <laughs> be a Linux evangelist at all. I'm just saying. All right, so this is kind of the the, the from going from fraction to, to, to fractured or m multiple choices to this one is the better, more cohesive package management is, is a necessity. You know, um. We're trying to do this with snaps, and I have my own issues with snaps, mostly because there's parts of it that aren't open, um, but snaps are probably the solution that we're looking for, because uh, unless everyone in uh, every distro adopts the AUR, snaps is just going to be what it is, and, and snaps are a good idea, um, and every distro needs to support them. So maybe that's the solution because having multiple pack, having a package manager to begin with just isn't going to work for normal people. They want a store, you know. So I think that this is where Elementary OS kind of shines because they really focus on a store that makes sense. You know, developers can sell things, things are well designed, and things like that. the The GNOME Software Center is meh. Um, don't even get me started on KDE Discover. That's horrible. Um, if I was a designer, I would pitch in and help because it's just so bad. It's just, I mean, it's just so bad. And it's, it's gotten a little better in the last year and a half or so, but for the most part, KDE Discover is just horrible. So there needs to be a unified place where you can get your package packages, and that's probably Snap or the Snap Store um, or Flatpak, I guess. Uh, Flatpak at this point seems to be kind of running in second place, but we'll see. So the next one is a big one, and it's been the big one for decades. Better game support. Now, gaming is 10 miles better than it was 10 years ago. I mean, it's so much better because of Proton and Steam. Uh, you can play Windows games, and you can play a lot of different Windows games on there just like you can on Windows. And for the most part, you get a good experience. Um, but it's still not as good as Windows, so you can't play everything. Um, some of it's DRM problems, some of it's anti-cheating problems, some of it's just, you know, developers not choosing to use Proton or whatever. But until the points where we can actually have parity between Windows and Linux and the gaming space... Linux isn't going to be as mainstream as it possibly could be. But there's also a problem here. What do we do, friends, if Steam decides to stop supporting Linux? It's possible. I'm not saying that they will, but what if they do? Then all the Linux support that we've... All the Linux... All the progress we've made in making Linux more gaming-friendly goes away because right now the only place you can really get good... 
support for gaming is through Steam. Now, I know there's Lutris and, and Play on Linux and Wine. Don't talk to me about those things. Those are nerd things that you can't point a regular person to to get go good games. You can't. Okay. Um, you can, you know, it's possible to install things through those things, sure, but they're hacks. It's not an official way to do it, right? It's not easy. Just install and play. There's always some, you know, install this dependency. I mean, most of the people, if you ask them to install a dependency, they're just like, what the fuck is de a dependency? You know what I mean? And that's not good. So I'm really, it's one of the things I really worry about for, for Linux and the progress Linux has made in the last few years is that if Steam, for whatever reason, you know, decides to stop supporting Linux, Linux is in big trouble in terms of, becoming mainstream it'll just go back to being a really cool niche you know os that has no chance of attracting any more attention and that's really kind of scary because you really don't want to put all your eggs in one basket all right so the next one is marketing now this is one of the things that linux just doesn't do well because because it's so fractured it's really hard for there to be a unified marketing strategy of saying, hey, everyone should use Linux. Um, and one, Canonical is probably the biggest, most public-facing company out there, and they don't do any marketing at all. I mean, no marketing at all. And real, any marketing that gets done for, for Linux is done through Linux evangelists like the aforementioned Brian Lunduke. And he's in grayscale. I'm just saying the man has lost his color. I, I I probably wasn't subscribed to his channel. I unsubscribed to him for a while. I don't remember really re remember why. Oh, you know, it was when he decided to stop doing his Linux sucks videos. I just unsubscribed because that's all I watched him for. Um, but when I resubscribed, he he went from being in color to he lost his color. And this, it always bothers me because he's one of the names in Linux that uh you know, people noobs can you know, approach and, you know, watch all of his videos and stuff like that, but it, it comes across as old-fashioned. It perpetuates the stereotype that Linux is all about uh, old software and neat nerds and geeks and terminal applications and all that stuff. Um, and that's not the kind of... Uh, image that Linux really needs, because Linux isn't an antiquated operating system. In, in many ways, Windows is way more antiquated than Linux is, um, at, at least, you know, from a GUI perspective. So, it, I, I have my qualms about Brian Lunduk, but there are other things, too. All the marketing that's done is done through Linux evangelism, through the community, and frankly, the... Linux community is so fractured and 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 um, clickish, I guess is the way you'd explain. It. Like everyone likes their distro and they promote their distro. They don't promote Linux. Now there are some people that just promote Linux, but a lot of them like, hey, use Arch. I use Arch by the way. You know that's the the meme, and that doesn't help Linux at all. You know, and I don't know what the solution is for this other than there needs to be a company out there that promotes Linux. Like, I, I really wish... I have my qualms about Ubuntu. I don't use Ubuntu. I think there are many things that are wrong with Ubuntu. I also think there's many things that are good things about Ubuntu, obviously, but if I wish Canonical would take, 
you know, a million dollars a year or something like that and run some ads. I mean, just run some ads that promote the Linux desktop. Don't, I mean, it'd be a waste of a million dollars, you know, you know from a, because they're, the desktop environment doesn't make any money. But it would do wonders, I think, for the Linux, you know, brand. So I think marketing is a huge thing. It's, somebody's got to get out there and say, hey, Linux is awesome. Here's how you do it, you know, or whatever. There, uh, some big name has to go out and market it. Um, so I'm, I'm really picking on Brian Lunduk, but uh, uh, people need to see that Linux isn't all about the command line. So there's a stereotype out there that Linux is old-fashioned and that you need to know how, how to use the command line in order to do anything. Um, now... There's some truth to that. If you want to, um, I mean, there are GUI ways of doing almost everything on Linux. There are, but for if you break your system, chances are you're gonna end up having to enter a command into a, a terminal. And while that's sometimes true on, on Windows, because Windows is so easy to roll back, uh, most of the time you don't have to get to that point. But on Linux, it's not so easy to roll back, so you have to go through and learn how to fix things, and that often entails getting into, you know, the terminal and learning some Bash or learning whatever uh, syntax goes along with your particular package management system, and that's just not, you know, it's not great. I love this command line, and I use it a lot, but People think that that's what Linux is about, and we have to be able to break that stereotype if we want people to realize that mo Linux is a modern operating system that can, you can do everything you do in Windows on Linux. You can. Um, the apps are probably going to be your biggest problem, but there are alternatives to pretty, to pretty much everything on Linux or on Windows. There are alternative. Okay rephrasing there are alternatives on linux to everything that is on on windows they may not be as good but they're there so i've covered this a little bit linux means it needs to be more intuitive mostly through the install the installation um, portion of the linux experience but also learn when things go wrong on linux it needs to be more intuitive how to fix it um you, you shouldn't have to get into the terminal to fix things. Uh, you shouldn't have to... The, the, one of the, th the best things about Arch is that there's one central place that has all the answers. That's not necessarily true for the other distros, you know? So, w one central place to get help. Um, so, I a lot of things depend on Linux becoming more like Windows. That's a nasty thing to say, but really, I think if if we come up with a really good way for Linux to roll back to a working state, I think that that would be a a fantastic uh, a thing for for Linux. Um, so here's a big one, and I think that this is w the best chance Linux has at becoming a uh, um, a mainstay in the OS race or whatever. They need to win ARM. Win on ARM. If and they have Linux has a very good head start on having an operating system of different flavors working on ARM-based machines. 
if Linux can succeed on ARM before Windows can, it will have a better chance. Now, they're not going to beat Apple. Apple controls the hardware stack from top to bottom, and they always do a really good job of optimizing their software to run on their silicon. But Linux has, you know, RISC-V, and they have different other... Um, they have the Raspberry Pi Foundation. So Linux on ARM has a really good chance if they can get through go through and make sure that if you, and every piece of Linux software can run on a Linux on ARM and we can get to the point where we can start putting those Linux on ARM or those ARM chips in laptops like Pinebook does that's a big thing I, I mean a, a Linux laptop that runs all your Linux software runs well and has a three-day battery life sign me up <laughs> I would buy that I'd buy two of those, maybe three, probably four. I'd buy them all. Just give them all to me. They're awesome. I'd want one, uh, and I think that a lot of people would want one. Just I, combine that with some marketing. Say, hey, here's a laptop that lasts for four days with full use. Man, people, those things would be flying off the shelves. I mean, people would be confused when they get on, get on there and, and find out that it's not Windows, but... Um, after a while, I think that it'd be really a big thing. So, all right. So, I have two more points. One, Linux needs to pull in a younger crowd. Now, I'm fairly new to the Linux scene. I started using Linux full time in 2017. Um, now, I first used Linux back in 2003. Uh, somebody gave me an OpenSUSE live cd and i used it on the computer for a little while and realized that you know windows looked a lot more you know modern i guess yeah i was like what 2003 i would have been like 18 or something so i was much more interested in you know the superficial looks of the operating system back then um but but anyways i'm fairly new linux needs to pull in a, a younger generation of developers and enthusiasts than what they have right now, because right now they don't get me wrong. I like all the Linux evangelists that haven't lost their color. Um, you know, Martin Wimpress and Popey and all those guys like that, but they're all older. You know that I think on the Ubuntu podcast they were talking about calling themselves graybeards. Uh, and, and you know that's true. You know, you have a lot of people here that have been here a long time. Um, and they have great ideas, and they've contributed a lot. I don't, I don't want them to like stop using Linux just because they're old or anything. That's just nonsense. I just think that fresh blood is is going to be something that would, is going to become increasingly important for new ideas, new ways of creating software that works across platforms. Because the desktop isn't going to succeed, so it's just you know it's never going to be a 90% market share like Windows or anything. Uh, so getting applications that work not only on the desktop that we have but on mobile and windows and mac and everything that's that's the future so the last one is that mobile uh mobile first ideology linux if it's going to stay relevant has to have a mobile strategy and right now um they don't uh, linux on mobile isn't anywhere close to being relevant um, and never has been, and this is the part that's really, uh, this is the one I'm most cynical on, because 
everyone and their brother in the in the Linux community that does a distro has tried to do a Linux mobile strategy. Canonical's done tried to do one. You know, GNOME has one. KDE has one. Purism, um, you know, the Libre Foundation or whatever it's called. Um, they all have tried, and I'm not saying that they're failing because you know there are people that you know they're still working on it. And that's great. I think they should continue to work on it. But it's, it, this is the hardest one that's going to crack. I mean, technically, Android is based on Linux. But nobody knows that Android is based on Linux. And because Linux or Google goes through such pains to hide the fact that it's based on Linux, it's just um, it's, it's a non-factor in the whole staying mainstream or getting mainstream argument. If, if Linux is to get more popular, it has to have a successful mobile strategy. Probably to the point where Linux... Alright, so I, I wrote this down. Probably this is the point where the Linux will fail simply because it's fra fractured na nature and lack of developer support for, for a singular project. So, because the Linux community really enjoys working on different projects, there's going to be no way for them to get together and create one strategy that works so you're going to have UV ports and you're going to have purism and you know yada 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 and they're all going to have these minuscule fractions of the market and that's what uh linux will remain forever and ever you know, you know and i think where i'll wrap up is that's fine you know if Linux doesn't gain any more users, which it will, if it stays on its current growth trajectory, Linux is going to be fine. Linux on desktop isn't going to go away. It will be continued to be developed because there's always going to be a small yet passionate community of people that will enjoy using Linux desktop and will continue to develop for it. And that's what's going to keep Linux going as is for you know, as long as there's desktop computers. And, you know, I think that there will be desktop computers for a long time. So that is my take on Linux going mainstream. It was an interesting episode, I think. I hope I tried to say um quite a bit less, but I know I failed quite a lot. So, well, my goal is to get better at doing these solo episodes inch by inch each time I do one. Be a little bit more confident, be a little bit more well-spoken, a little bit of few, few, few less ums, more humor, whatever. All right, so I hope that I have succeeded at least being a little bit better than I was on the last episode. So I'm looking for a co-host. Now, Ricky will join me every once in a while, but he's a busy man who has children and a job that he actually has to leave the house for. So if you're interested in being a co-host on this show and you're a Linux enthusiast slash noob like I am, uh, give me a, a PM or a DM or whatever on Twitter and let me know and uh, I'll, I'll get back to you because I really would like to not have to talk to myself the whole time. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so uh, at the LinuxCast on Twitter. You can also find all of our episodes as long as as well as places where you can subscribe to this show on LinuxCast on thelinuxcast.org. 
it will transfer you to our anchor.fm page so that's just our website because i'm much too lazy to create my own website uh if you want to follow us on facebook you can do so facebook.com slash the linux cast and i'm at mtwp on twitter so those are our contact information i'll be back next week i have no clue what the topic's going to be so we will see you then thanks for listening